Roth's eventual triumph is a reminder that if girls get a chance in the form of an education or a micro-loan, they can be more than baubles or slaves. Many of them can run businesses. Talk to Roth today, after you've purchased that cap, and you will find that she exudes confidence as she earns a solid income that will provide a better future for her sisters and for her young son. Many of the stories in this book are wrenching, but keep in mind this central truth. Women aren't the problem, but the solution. The plight of girls is no more a tragedy than an opportunity. That was a lesson we absorbed in Cheryl's ancestral village, at the end of a dirt road amid the rice paddies of southern China. For many years, we have regularly trod the mud paths of the Taishan region to Shenzhou, the hamlet in which Cheryl's paternal grandfather grew up. China traditionally has been one of the more repressive and smothering places for girls, and we could see hints of this in Cheryl's own family history. Indeed, on our first visit, we accidentally uncovered a family secret, a long-lost step-grandmother. Cheryl's grandfather had traveled to America with his first wife, but she had given birth only to daughters. So Cheryl's grandfather gave up on her and returned her to Shan Shui, where he married a younger woman as a second wife and took her to America. This was Cheryl's grandmother, who duly gave birth to a son, Cheryl's dad. The previous wife and daughters were then wiped out of the family history. Something bothered us each time we explored Shan Shui and the surrounding villages. Where were the young women? Young men were toiling industriously in the paddies or fanning themselves indolently in the shade, but young women and girls were scarce. We finally discovered them when we stepped into the factories that were then spreading throughout Guangdong province, the epicenter of China's economic eruption. These factories produced the shoes, toys, and shirts that filled America's shopping malls, generating economic growth rates almost unprecedented in the history of the world, and creating the most effective anti-poverty program ever recorded. The factories turned out to be cacophonous hives of distaff bees. Eighty percent of the employees on the assembly line in coastal China are female, and the proportion across the manufacturing belt of East Asia is at least 70%. The economic explosion in Asia was, in large part, an outgrowth of the economic empowerment of women. They have smaller fingers, so they're better at stitching, the manager of a purse factory explained to us. They're obedient and work harder than men, said the head of a toy factory, and we can pay them less. Women are indeed a linchpin of the region's development strategy. Economists who scrutinized East Asia's success noted a common pattern. These countries took young women who previously had contributed negligibly to gross national product, GNP, and injected them into the formal economy, hugely increasing the labor force. The basic formula was to erase repression, educate girls as well as boys, give the girls the freedom to move to the cities and take factory jobs, and then benefit from a demographic dividend as they delayed marriage and reduced childbearing. The women, meanwhile, financed the education of younger relatives and saved enough of their pay to boost national savings rates. This pattern has been called the girl effect. In a nod to the female chromosomes, it could also be called the double X solution. Evidence has mounted that helping women can be a successful poverty-fighting strategy anywhere in the world. 
not just in the booming economies of East Asia. The Self-Employed Women's Association was founded in India in 1972 and ever since has supported the poorest women in starting businesses, raising living standards in ways that have dazzled scholars and foundations. In Bangladesh, Muhammad Yunus developed microfinance at the Grameen Bank and targeted women borrowers, eventually winning a Nobel Peace Prize for the economic and social impact of his work. Another Bangladeshi group, BRAC, the largest anti-poverty organization in the world, worked with the poorest women to save lives and raise incomes. And Grameen and Brock made the aid world increasingly see women not just as potential beneficiaries of their work, but as agents of it.